You're listening to Faith, Finance, and Freedom with financial advisor, Drew Lehman. Hello and welcome to Faith, Finance, and Freedom. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to get started with this brand new show and new adventure for me. So let me start off by introducing myself. My name is Drew Lehman. I'm married to my absolutely wonderful wife, Emily. And we have two daughters, ages seven and four. And we're also expecting our third child this upcoming June. My family means everything to me. And you'll probably hear about them from time to time on this show. We may also discuss things that have to do with marriage and raising children at some point. Professionally, I'm an independent financial advisor. I've been in the financial services industry since 2009, and I'm a certified financial planner and a certified kingdom advisor. In late 2021, my good friend Matt and I started our own financial planning firm here in Columbus, Ohio, after spending many years with a national advisory firm. We serve the everyday American that has worked hard saving their money and just wants to live a comfortable retirement. We're not the high net worth firm that will only work with people with one or five million dollars, but rather help people that are experts in their own careers and just want someone they can rely on for everyday financial advice. I'm a Christian. Wait, don't tune out yet. I let you know this not to hold it over your head or to look down on you in any way, but because my faith affects everything else in my life. I'm a Christian not because I'm better than anyone else, but because I realized I'm broken and need a Savior, and Jesus has been that Savior and is my Lord today. I'm a conservative. My overall belief is that our government system is broken and too big from the healthcare system, to financial markets, to welfare systems. I feel that anything the federal government touches, it tends to make worse. That's not to say I'm a complete libertarian or anarchist, as I certainly believe the government has its place to protect us from enemies, both foreign and domestic, and to keep us from falling into licentiousness. So what's this podcast all about? Well, as you can tell from the title, I intend to discuss faith, finance, and freedom. So let's dive into those categories a bit. We'll actually start out of order with finance. This is where I intend to spend a lot of our time in discussion. What you won't get here are hot stock tips or highly detailed criticism of global economic policies. However, my intention is to discuss common questions that come up during the course of everyday conversations with my clients. I plan to cover major economic news that might pop up and how that affects the everyday American. My goal is to bring some common sense advice to things that sometimes seem so foreign and can even be scary because instead of informing you on basic financial principles, the media just tries to frighten you over and over again with over-the-top headlines. Now let's talk about freedom. If you're coming here for harsh political debates or in-depth commentary on political campaigns and geopolitics, you're probably in the wrong place. There are people out there that are probably much smarter than me and definitely more informed than me, that already produce daily podcasts on this content. My intention is not to let the podcast turn into a purely political discussion. However, I won't hide my beliefs either. I love this country, and I want to do my part to preserve the founding principles that it's anchored in. I believe the biggest challenges we face, however, aren't political, but they're cultural. As a result, most of my quote-unquote political commentary will be focused on what is going on around us in our culture and how we should be fighting back. Lastly, let's talk about the faith side of things. 
As I mentioned earlier, I'm a Christian, and my faith is the groundwork by which I do everything in life. What you won't find in this podcast, however, are deep theological discussions about the origins of life or religious debates between different churches of the Christian faith. Instead, I intend to do two things. First, I plan to relate back to biblical passages when discussing the other two topics of finances and freedom. The Bible has a lot to say about how we handle our money, and I'll reference this often as I discuss questions and problems that come up with my own clients' situations. Our country was also founded on biblical principles, and so you will also hear me point back to Scripture when discussing cultural and political topics that may come up. Secondly, I hope to share with you common man perspective from biblical passages just from my daily reading. I'm not a qualified pastor or theologian, but I think sometimes it's good to share perspectives from passages that maybe you've read a thousand times, but maybe I've thought about something differently than you have. I don't want to give off the impression that I'm some perfect Christian that never misses a day of reading my Bible or spending time with God. Again, I'm just a common man that faces the same struggles as everyone else out there dealing with running a business, parenting my children, marriage, and the other challenges that come up in life. But I'm trying my hardest to spend time in God's Word daily, and I just want to share my findings along the way. So after that very lengthy introduction, let's dive into a conversation I've been having with my clients a lot lately, as I'm hoping it may help you too. Most of my clients are extremely concerned with the state of the economy right now. A lot of them are not happy with what's going on in Washington. They're also extremely concerned about inflation, and they just want to know what they should be doing with their money right now. So I'll let you know how I respond to this. I'll start by responding with the typical financial advisor response. I'll put on my advisor cap, if you will. If we look historically, there have been plenty of periods of economic uncertainty and extreme volatility in the financial markets. We've gone through world wars, the incredibly long period of the Cold War, different pandemics and epidemics, political changes, periods of elevated unemployment, and probably the biggest circumstance in our life, the 2008 credit crisis. Through all of this, there are certainly winners and losers. The winners are really a combination of two groups. Those that got lucky and happened to get in at the right time on the right investment, and those that were smart. They were invested before the markets dropped, and they stayed the course through the volatility. The losers, well, they're all the same. The losers are the ones that panic. They sell out in the middle of the volatility, and they lose probably half their life savings because of it. For instance, in 2008, the market, depending on what measure you looked at, finished the year down somewhere between 35 and 40%. At one point during the year, the market was down around 60%. If you panicked and sold out during the 2008 drop, you probably lost a third or maybe even half of your life savings. That's pretty hard to come back from. However, assuming you were in a properly diversified portfolio and you were doing things you're supposed to do, like rebalance that portfolio on a consistent basis, you probably lost around 20 or 25% in 2008. Still very painful, right? But in the years to come, the market took off like a rocket. If you were managing things correctly, you probably fully recovered from your 2008 losses by the beginning of 2010. And then you've probably made a fortune since then. 
So my advice from a financial advisor's perspective is stay the course, but also reevaluate your strategy. Are you in a properly diversified portfolio that's being carefully rebalanced on a consistent basis? Are you properly saving enough to keep you on track to reach your financial goals? It's important to have a plan and to reevaluate that plan to make sure it's still appropriate for you given where you are in life. Also, everyone always wants to focus on the financial markets in the down years, but they forget about what the markets have done when things are going well. I'll give a perfect example. I've got a client that came in a few years ago. Uh, she was very new and nervous to the investment scene. She had recently retired with a very good pension that covered all of her expense needs. Her only experience with investments was the fixed return option from her company retirement plan. While I couldn't convince her to move over her company retirement plan and give up that fixed return, I was able to persuade her to invest $150,000 of the much larger balance of cash that she had sitting in a virtually no-interest savings account at the time. She really had no need for this money, and it simply was losing value to inflation over time. We set her up in a relatively conservative, diversified portfolio, and then we went through some pretty good years and went through some volatile times as well, uh, specifically in 2020 with the COVID volatility. But each time she would call in with concerns, I was able to remind her that we need to focus on the long-term investment results. Well, in 2022, during the volatility in the spring, she had had enough. She called and she wanted to sell out of the markets. She let me know that things had actually changed, and she was planning to gift this money to a family member that was getting ready to make a very large purchase. So I agreed it was time to take the money out of the market. Well, I followed up with her just a couple of weeks ago to touch base and see how she was doing, but also to revisit that fixed return investment that she's still invested in and frankly not doing very well with. When I brought this up, she pushed back, saying that she couldn't afford to lose any money and that she would only consider something that was completely guaranteed. So I said to her, but you haven't lost any money. And she responded, what are you talking about? Of course I lost money. The market dropped big time in 2022, and my account went down as well. So I asked her, but how much money did you give me to invest a few years ago? She responded, 150000 So then I asked her, how much is it worth today? She thought about it for a minute. She said, oh, well, I guess it's worth around 170000 That's really all I had to say. You see, it's easy to panic and to focus on volatility but we need to remember the long-term effects of investing. She obviously hadn't lost a dime. Quite the contrary, she had made almost $20,000. Yes, the $170,000 that it was worth is slightly lower than it had been worth a few months prior, but it was still almost $20,000 more than she originally invested. Now, let me give my conservative political response to the current economic situation. I share some of the same economic concerns that many of my clients do. We have a government that seems to handle everything exactly precisely wrong. Government spending is completely out of control, and it's led to this massive inflationary period that we're in right now. We also are currently dealing with the news of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank both shuttering due to lack of diversification and mismanagement themselves. This is certainly a concerning development, 
that investors are currently weighing and hopefully won't cause people to react rationally by pulling money out of their other banks. That all being said, there are certainly some positives to think about as well. We're still experiencing record low unemployment. Now, of course, that is a lagging economic indicator. Whether you believe the reports that are issued or not, it certainly seems that jobs are easy to come by and workers are pretty hard to find for employers right now. That being said, unemployment is a lagging economic indicator, so we may not see this affected for some time. Corporate earnings have slowed a bit, but they haven't waned quite as much as we might have thought by now. So really, all eyes are on inflation. If we're able to get inflation under control relatively soon, at least before corporate earnings are gravely affected and thus unemployment spikes, then we may actually be in for quite a swift recovery. If, however, inflation stays elevated or even goes higher over the next six months, we might possibly be in for another recession. However, my advice still doesn't change when it comes to investments. Even if we were to go through another recession, the winners will be those that stay the course, continue to save, and work towards their financial goals, and the losers will be those that panic and sell. Lastly on this, let me give you my Christian perspective. You see, as a financial advisor, my job is to give the best advice with the information that I have available to my clients. And that information currently is pointing towards staying put, that we'll weather the storm just like we've weathered hundreds of storms prior, and that you'll be better off on the other side of it. However, I'm also a Christian. I've also read the book of Revelations. And one thing that seems to be missing from Revelations is any mention or any reference to the United States or any country that could be interpreted as the United States. I don't mention this simply to terrify you. Actually, quite the opposite. My point is, we need to make the best decisions we can with the information we've been given, but we also can't prepare for everything. If the book of Revelations is true, and it's going to play out, and by the way, I believe it is, our country as we know it will not be a major player. Now, I'm not saying this is happening today or tomorrow or even that it's going to happen in our lifetime. That's really a discussion for another time. I'm simply saying that there's nothing we can do financially to prepare for that to happen. Nor is there anything we need to do financially. Instead, we need to prepare for that emotionally and spiritually. We need to spend time with God and His Word and with our family and friends to make sure that they're prepared as well. But we do not need to panic financially as God will, as he always does, provide for us when that comes to fruition. Okay, so let's talk through one of my recent daily readings from Scripture. I'm currently doing a plan where I read one chapter from the Old Testament and one chapter from the New Testament each day. And right now, I'm in 1 Samuel and in Acts. The other day, I was reading the story of David and Goliath from 1 Samuel chapter 17. Whether you're a believer or not, I'm sure you've heard this story a thousand times. According to this passage, Goliath was a giant at roughly 9 feet 9 inches tall, and he was a powerful, mighty warrior for the Philistine army. David, by contrast, was still considered a boy, not even old enough or strong enough to fight for his people. Though I've read this story many times before, it struck me differently this time. You see, David's confidence was so strong, not in himself, but in his God, that he didn't even question what was to be done. Instead, 
He was questioning those around him that were trembling in fear, and he didn't understand what they were afraid of. David was focused on God, not on his circumstances or his weakness. I think there's a lot to learn here. No matter what you're facing right now, whether it's a health problem, a financial trouble, or if you're just concerned with the economy and everything that we just talked about, you need to turn your focus back to God. He is in control. He has a plan. And we just need to put our faith in Him and have confidence that He will come through. I pray that we would live this out today, that our confidence would be so strong that we wouldn't let fear enter into the equation. I hope you found this helpful, and I can't wait for our next discussion. Until next time, God bless.